This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. After days of anticipation tonight, Game 3, Nuggets at Heat. Coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. And that means more time to talk about heat culture and what it actually means. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry, you know, there's just such a vibe right now around these NBA finals. It's amazing how with the game, with with the Nuggets going into the fourth quarter of game two with an eight-point lead, there was a chance for this whole conversation to be shut down. Everybody just stopped paying attention. And all of a sudden, instead, we get the outcome we get. We get a tremendous fourth quarter. And now all eyes are on, can this series continue to live up to what we've seen through two games? Somebody that knows better than most, Jason Jackson, Heat radio announcer, joins us now. Jason, really appreciate your, your time. It looked like game one all of a sudden had everybody saying the Nuggets are on a dynasty. Game two has everybody saying, the Heat are going to turn this into a totally different series. What's your biggest takeaway from the first two games? Uh, that these are two really good teams that uh, are at the mountaintop and only one gets to stay up there. I mean, that was such a wonderful home advantage uh, accumulated by Denver. The confidence they had rolling to nine straight victories and really, really not even being tested on their own home floor. I think they had a double-digit scoring margin until game two. And then you meet this little amazing fantasy carpet ride, you know, and that's not taking anything away from the hard work that it takes to get where the Miami Heat are, but it was no one's expectation externally. I mean, it was really even deflected, even uh, exiting the number one seed from the playoffs in five games and then the Knicks in six games and then winning on the road in game seven. Still, the wise guys in Vegas and everybody that has to talk for two and a half hours on television, not too far from you all's offices, uh, just couldn't wrap their mind around a team that was just the number one seed for these last year. It's really not super complicated when you take a look at the Heat season. When you really analyze what was at play, one, the team missed the most games in the association due to injury. It's not a massive storyline because the Heat don't allow it to be one, but it's an actual fact. Second layer is is that you get all these names that we are now getting to know, Martin Vincent Struess reacquainting with uh, Robinson, uh, learning that uh, the the proud product of Wheeling Jesuit uh, University in Wheeling, West Virginia, Haywood Highsmith, a handful to deal with, um, that, that those gentlemen were able to really gain confidence and understanding how to deal with the misery of falling short in games when nobody was looking in late January, early February. So when this all started to really come together uh, in February, March, with the addition of Love and Zeller and getting Jimmy at full strength and deciding that Lowry was probably better with the second group, it ended up creating this flow that was unexpected, except for everybody that watches all 82 of these games. So you get to this game three where in these playoffs, the Heat have just been fantastic. It doesn't guarantee anything, but it's at least entertaining to know that the Heat's three largest wins of the postseason were all game threes at home against Boston, New York, and uh, and Milwaukee, not in that order. So, so Jason... <laughs> 
Pe- people talk all the time about heat culture. My brother Tony Douglas was there. I understand what mm-hmm. it means, but as someone who watches them every day, tell the people what is heat culture. It's a certainty of doing something the way you say you're going to do it. It's not super complicated. It's the Arison family owning this team from its origin and its third generation of leadership. It's Pat Riley and the majority of his staff, including Coach Spolstra, being a part of this organization for 27 years. I've been a broadcaster of this team for 19 seasons. I've moved one spot up in seniority. One. (laughs) So it is loyalty, longevity. It's saying conditioning is important. Being on time is important. Enjoying each other's success is important. That not everyone gets the minutes, the marquee, uh, and you got to be okay with that. And if you're not, as Coach Bolster will say in every free agent discussion, this place isn't for everybody. That, it's that simple. Here's the, but it is simple. But Jason, that's what makes this so wild because, as you describe it, it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult for most teams to simply look at those foundational principles and say, "Let's build heat culture." Why is nobody else able to replicate it? Because it takes patience. You can't you can't fire ten coaches in ten years. You can't get sick at sea when one year doesn't work out. Go, okay, let's blow this whole thing up. You have to be serious about development, and that takes resources. Before there was a D-League or rebranded to the G-League, Pat Riley teams always had two, sometimes three guys that were either trying to get their career back together or launched uh, because they weren't, you know, selected at a high level, if at all. And you just have to realize that sometimes the shiny object is not going to get you there, particularly if you keep grabbing shiny objects and you haven't been there. Uh, the thing about the undrafted or the, the low-drafted uh, player is the one thing that's consistent across the board, they have something to prove. So the buy-in is immediate, right? Like, what else is there but buying in <laughs> if you haven't had your opportunity? And every single year, from my time, before my time, but now that there's structure to it, the Heat have somewhere between two and four players that are in the development rotation. I can already identify the two players that are coming from from the G League team into the summer with an opportunity. That doesn't mean they're going to get two ways. I just can already see them. I don't know if every team can do that. And you, you, the teams that do, you can see it because there's a commitment, and these guys end up not at the end of the bench, not just at the end of the rotation, but deeply in the mix. And I think that that's... There, there's a there's a courage and that go, comes along with certainty that that if you're really really into the full dynamic because look around there's there's a couple lottery players around there too now let's not get crazy with Tyler and uh, Tyler and Bam uh, both being late lottery guys uh, obviously the greatest player in Heat history was a a top five pick talking about Dwayne Wade uh, guys who have been tr- traded in you know in deals that that were. Insane marquee players, a Hardaway Morning, um, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, Chris Bosh all come to mind, and Ray Allen, of course. And so it, it, it's, 
not one way of doing it. It's just realizing, okay, here's how we are going to do it and not getting too far away from it. We're talking to the Miami Heat radio announcer, Jason Jackson. And I got to ask you, Tyler Hero will not play tonight, but do mm-hmm. they expect him to play at all in this series? I don't think there is any expectation. You know, when, the, when I've, what I've been doing is pretty terrible to people in, in explaining exactly how nasty that break was. Like, you, you kind of see a report and you go, oh, a guy broke his hand. That's a shame. Same in six to eight weeks. Um, Gentlemen, I'm going to walk you through this with your audience. Uh, take a peek at your right middle finger and uh, ring finger, and then run your finger, or at least your eyeballs, down to your knuckle that's connected at your at the, at the top of your hand, the palm portion of your hand. And imagine those two knuckles breaking into your palm. Yeah. Yeah. He was holding his knuckles in his hand. Milwaukee. <laughs> When he told me that, I was like, are you joking? I mean, I haven't started. I didn't talk about it at that point because obviously it's his personal medical information, but he, 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 I think he's put that story out a couple times. And it's just like, it makes your head explode. Like, what in the hell kind of break? But when you go, you know, you hit that hardwood and diving on the floor, and it's a playoff game on the road in your hometown. And he was rolling in that game. So he's feeling good about himself. It was just severe, man. So you got some metal in there, some screws in there. And so you, you, you got to, I think we can kind of bypass conditioning. It's just the impact of catching the ball or having a defender come across your, the top of your hand. And then he admitted, I think there were reports of one of you all's colleagues. Um, can't remember exactly who he said it to, but he admitted that he also doesn't want to mess up the flow, that he's played one of these 20 playoff games and the other guys have been rolling for 19 in a good direction. So there's some, some anxiety, I think in there too, but put that all aside. That man scores 20 a night from all mm. three levels. And Say so it again. he can only be helpful when he's actually ready. And Spo has been on point and never off message uh, medically and, and just personally, they're committed to being responsible because while this is the NBA Finals, we're talking about this man's career, right, and his body, and and to do anything uh, only to get a game or two or three here or there, it's just not the way Spo or the organization thinks. Look, I, first and foremost, appreciate your time and your expertise, but also I'm going to have nightmares for like a week and a half based on that imagery. Oh, so you that's, should. That's well you described should. by you, Jason. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I want to vomit every time I tell the story, but at least I give perspective <laughs> what that man feels like. Uh, the perspective we appreciate. Hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Have a great call. Uh, really enjoyed the uh, the expertise by you, Jason. Thanks for hanging out. Man, have me back anytime. Appreciate it. Jason Jackson, Heat Radio announcer. Just vividly, the, the imagery used with which how he, how he just described that injury. I mean, I like horror movies, and even I'm just like, I'm shooketh all the way to my core. The Heat are getting all the attention in Miami, but I'm not sure they should. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
critical split in Denver. Now the series heads to Miami. Can the Heat make it two straight? Or will the Nuggets bounce back and retake the series lead? Game three of the Nuggets and Heat. Coverage begins tonight at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I have a sneaking suspicion, judging based solely on my dance moves when this song started, that if Harry's going to take me to Miami, we're going to have to walk like a block apart. That's what I've learned because, you know, he's just bopping, like he's he's good, and I'm over here full Muppet uh, to the, uh, the concept of Welcome to Miami because everything seems to be coming up right. For the city of Miami right now, if you're a sports fan, it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And, of course, you can just ask your smart speakers politely to play ESPN Radio. Hang out with us all day. Fitz and Harry is presented by Progressive Insurance. And, obviously, you know Game 3 tonight, Nuggets at Heat. We've been talking about that. But Miami is on a roll. In fact, according to a report, Lionel Messi is signing with Inter-Miami of the MLS, of MLS, to become uh, to begin in the 2024 season. Think about that. One of the biggest names. I know he's like 743 years old. Of fairness, he's 35. But he's getting a massive offer to become an MLS superstar, Harry. Like, this this is just one of the many ways right now the city of Miami continues to win. And I, it echoes your sentiment. Maybe Messi's looking around and saying, what's better than partying in Barcelona? Miami. Woo! I mean, especially when you can sit on the bench any day you want to in Miami when it's sunny, not raining, and watch people rollerblade, and we all know what kind of people would be rollerblading that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Spandex folk. And use your eyes that the Lord gave you to sit there and watch them all day long if you choose to. Or you can go on the beach in your leopard speedos, run around, let your abs show, your little taco meat on your chest, fly in the air as well, whatever you want to do. But this is big for... Not only Miami, but I think it's big also for MLS soccer, right? Being able to have Messi come over and play in the U.S. I just think it's a phenomenal time in sports in the city of Miami because you look at everything else that's going on. But David Beckham, David Beckham with one of the better investments that I've ever heard of, buying that team for $25 million dollars. The net worth of that team <laughs> with Messi going there, it's going to be massive. It's, it's going to be point, massive. It's been pointed out on social media, according to reports, that Messi is getting not only a sliver of ownership, but also a sliver of revenue from the MLS package with Apple TV and a sliver of revenue from their Adidas endorsement deal. I should point out to everybody, and Evan pointed this out to us earlier today smartly, uh, you're talking about a global package with Apple TV. You know, Apple TV is not just where right now in the rest of the world may not be watching Apple TV for MLS. They are now that Messi's going there. That's part of why this was a huge investment for them to make and part of what makes it worth while for him so obviously you know a little bit of happiness not the only happiness again the heat won one in the nba finals game three tonight coverage begins at 7 30 p.m eastern on espn radio but also you know you and i both have uh, interest right now in the nl east well how about the second place marlins where luis arise is batting 401 
401. People that know more about baseball tell me that's good. So, you know, 401 for Luis Arise because he's got his, his stats have taken Arise this season. I'm just going to keep doing that, seeing how, uh, how, how great <laughs> like, and Things are on Arise for the Marlins in second place. Mm-hmm. Arise All right, you just, you just stop. Okay. You just stop. Okay. But this is phenomenal because if you're not a, a baseball fan, if you're listening right now, batting 401, there's nothing easy about that. But also, not only is he first in batting average, he's second in hits with 85. Uh, To be able to keep your eye on the ball, contact it, and then you look at pitchers now in Major League Baseball and how they're able to throw a multiplicity of different pitches and be effective with those pitches to bat 401, it's unheard of, man. It's unheard of. Well, stats and info helping us out with a little info here that tells you how great it is. Arise is the first player batting 400 or better 62 games into a season since Chipper Jones did it in 2008. That's my boy, and he listens to Fitz and Harry. Let's go, Chipper. Uh, Chipper, by the way, was batting 421 at that point, so child's play, 401 versus 421. It's also the third deepest into a season by team games that a qualified hitter's been batting 400 or better since 2000. So uh, you've got Chipper Jones and uh, Nomar Garcia-Para as the other two names on that. So it tells you... Just how uh, how historic this is, Harry. It's, it's well, it's a massive, but a little nugget here. My son's three years old, and he bats left and throws right. But you want to know who I'm sending my son to in about four years? Who? Chipper Jones, who's the hitting consultant for the Atlanta Braves. You know what? I... I always love it when you give me your little nuggets. It's just part of my favorites. Uh, Fitz and Harry hey, on the ESPN yo. radio. <laughs> Harry Douglas. <laughs> Nothing little Fitz. about these nuggets. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? You said little nuggets, not me. Uh, all right. Speaking of things that are going uh, so well for Miami, and now we've found a common thread. We've found a common thread. All right. Because as, you meant, as I mentioned earlier, the Marlins are in second place, right? As I mentioned earlier, uh, MLS gets, uh, you know, the second chapter of a soccer, uh, great soccer players. The Heat are 1-1 in the NBA Finals. They're going to finish in second place in the NBA. I'm echoing that sentiment all the way down because the other thing going well, I guess, if you're into this sort of thing, the Panthers are getting their asses kicked by my Vegas Golden Knights. They're going to finish in second. We figured this out. Miami is a city for second place. All right? The Heat going to finish second. The Panthers going to finish second. Uh, the Marlins are in second. See? Everything's just coming up Miami. By the way, Florida down 2-0 in the Stanley Cup final so far. Again, Florida down two games to none in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, match uh, Game three is tomorrow night in the same arena. The game three will be in tonight. It's good. They get, you know, maybe, you know, maybe well, well let's just say for your sake. Celebrate second place. Let's just say for your sake that, you know, none of these teams come back and win because it, it might not be good for you, Fitz. Well, I, well, look, I again, I said this yesterday when it comes to the Golden Knights. I am not going to act like I've been here before. My my team is up 2 nothing for a chance to hoist the cup. I, I am outwardly telling you that right now I'm going to the parade in Vegas. I don't even know when the parade's going to be. I'm going to be No, there. but we want you know, Florida to win a game or two because we want to go to either game five or game seven. I'm torn on this. I don't, uh, you're right. The chance to watch Vegas win the cup at home would be incredible. It would be meaningful. It would be, I would cry like a baby the entire time. I'll be the first to admit that. 
I also don't like a lot of stress in my life. So if they want to win it, like what says you and I don't go to Miami for Game Four and just watch them hoist the the, the trophy in Miami? Like, plus in, I love I love being different on our show. Not everyone can sit up here and talk hockey. Look look at that. Uh, I'm just telling you, Miami uh, Miami feeling good today right now. Uh, and by the time it's all said and done, all these second places will be perfect. Uh, the biggest example of why there's been way too much time off in the NBA Finals. I'll explain to you next. But first, Harry has to tell you this about delicious. Delightful perfection known as Omaha Steaks. Alert, alert, alert. Father's Day is almost here, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're looking for the perfect gift, look no further than Omaha Steaks. Mm. Omaha Steaks are perfect age, always tender, and guaranteed delicious. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected packages. Just head on over to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code HARRY. And check out and get $30 off your qualifying order. Now, for the good stuff. You can choose from a variety of mouth-watering packages that include fork tender, baking wrap filet mignon, or other gourmet grillables like air-chilled boneless chicken breast that fits love so much. I do love those. Burgers that I love so much. Mm -hmm. Jumbo Franks that Devin loves so much. And many more favorites. And don't forget to save room for dessert. We all love dessert. Most gift packages come with four delicious caramel apple tartlets. Those things are, God, just inject them in my veins. Okay, well, my mouth is watering right now. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code Harry at checkout and get $30 off an unforgettable gift that is guaranteed to make Dad's Day special. Because if there's one thing we all know, it's Dad's Won't Steak. That's OmahaSteaks.com. Promo code Harry at checkout. Minimum order is required. See site for details. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Step back for the tie of three. No good. Rebound Miami. The Heat have won it. And the series is tied at one. I would be surprised if the Nuggets did not respond a lot better than what we saw because we know they had that game. And I believe we'll see Heat culture show up in a significant manner and they will take game three. One thing it says is the margins are super thin between these two teams. The margins are super thin at this point between the Nuggets and the Heat. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure at all what to expect tonight. We've seen moments of dominance from the Nuggets in a series that's 1-1. And there are a lot of questions raised by the way Game 2 went down. But the one question that I won't agree with is whether or not this is must-win. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry, let's let's have a transparent conversation for a minute. Part of what we do is add urgency, right? So when we talk about things, coming in and saying, I don't know, 
is not necessarily the greatest sports take. So I understand that, you know, certainly I can make a lot more money if I came out and gave you, this is definitively what's going to happen. But I, I I don't know. Tonight, we've seen so many different things. I'm interested in tonight's game, just like every fan that's listening, because I want to see how the adjustments are made. The one thing that also, though, comes from this is this conversation about must win. It happens all the time. And sometimes you end up having these conversations about must win, like everything's on the line tonight. I just can't do that here, Harry because I could see either of these teams winning three games in a row. I could see either of these teams going off. I can't buy that tonight is going to be the defining moment of the entire series. Well, I would say this. When it comes to both of these teams, we look at the Miami Heat winning game two, but also we got to look at the, the Denver Nuggets and what they weren't able to do in that matchup. And that was have the defensive stops that they need. They had a lot of mental breakdowns. They fouled a lot in game one. They only had eight fouls. In game two, they had 21. Um, They allowed a lot of open looks for the Miami Heat. They did as well in game one, but I thought they had more of those looks in game two. And the Nuggets still had an opportunity to tie the game up at the end. Miami still only won by three points. I just think when you look at Miami, they have to be so phenomenal in all facets of the game to be able to get a victory. That's why I think this is a must win for them. We just witnessed the Denver Nuggets not give you their best effort and one of their poorest ones throughout this playoff run, and they still had an opportunity to win the basketball game. So that's why I feel for them it's not a must win because I think they can easily win win three games in a row. The Miami Heat, I can't sit up here and say they could easily win three games in a row because they have to be so doggone perfect every time they step out on the basketball court. I don't disagree with what you're saying in principle. I think the hardest part for me, because you're right, let me be clear. I think Denver is a better team than Miami. Today, right now, I think the Nuggets are a better team than Miami. I think the Nuggets played really poorly in Game 2. We've talked about it for days at this point, and I have been hard on the Nuggets for the effort that they gave. I've been hard on the Nuggets for the way that they played defensively. I've been hard on the Nuggets in general. And you're right, they only lost by three. So it's pretty easy for me to look at it and say, man, if you're telling me the Nuggets got to win three in a row, okay, this is a Denver team fully capable of doing that. And and part of the reason it's not must-win for me is if Miami goes up two games to one, it's not so what, but it's like, okay, that's just another obstacle. This series is still going to go back to Denver a couple of times, and I know Miami just won there. So I can easily find a way for Denver to win three games, right? That's not a big deal. Yeah, and and let's clear it up. It's, at this moment right now, if if Denver was to lose tonight, they don't they don't they don't have to win three in a row. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I just mean I I have no problem with the concept. If Denver was down three games to one, I'd still think they could win three games in a row. Me too. That, that's how good they are. If Denver goes up two games to one at this point, it's still sort of where the series was supposed to be. Nobody thought they would win. Uh, nobody thought they would lose in Denver, right? So I, I, most of us expected it would be 2 nothing coming into this. Miami would win game one in Miami. You've got 2-1. So like, even if it's 2-1, I'm really not panicking at this point. You're right. I don't think there's any way that this is easy for Miami. But every series when I thought Miami was dead, they come back and they find a way to not be yeah. dead, right? So that's why for me it's hard to find it as much. Like I'm not going to bet against Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, and particularly the way Bam has played in this series. I think they have enough. Am I going to bet on them? No. Like That's why even as a better, I'm staying wildly away from this game. 
Well, we can't ignore history either, though, right? I think 80% of the time, whoever wins Game 3 in the NBA Finals go on and win that, actually, NBA Finals. I just think if Miami was to win tonight, I still think there's a great chance that the Denver Nuggets would win this NBA Finals trip that they're on right now at the moment. It's, it's so... I love the way you're saying that, and that's something we do on this show a lot, like kind of try and find the middle middle ground on it. I think the road for Denver is much easier uh, than the road is for Miami at this point because I think Denver's a better basketball team. And I think the the possibility of Miami winning the overall Larry O'Brien trophy gets greatly increased with a win tonight. I do believe that. It makes it much easier for Miami to win the series if they win tonight. I just don't – I'm not willing to st- stand up here and just punch the, the table for tonight being must win. This is what Alan Hahn, Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN in New York, said on Get Up about who wins to, needs to win game three more. The Denver Nuggets, this is a virtual must win for them for many reasons. Now we know, again, this is not actual must win because you're not facing elimination. I get that stuff. But when you just look at it – from an aerial view, just top down, take a look at what's going on in this series. Where's the momentum right now? It is all with Miami. It has been since the fourth quarter of game one. And if Denver loses this game, the questions really start to build up. Michael Malone has already called out his team on the podium. What more can he do if they lose another game? I just, well, dis- I, I just disagree with that, Harry. I, no, just- I, I, I disagree with it, too, because the Miami Heat shot 49% from the three-point line. You got 10 points in the fourth quarter from Duncan Robinson. Max Struess hit four threes in the first quarter. You see what I'm saying? Like Gabe Vincent went four for six from the three-point line, went eight for 12 in the game. I just think when you look at the loose balls and all the hustle plays, that went Miami's way. If I'll say one-fourth of those goes Denver's way, they win game two. So that's why I don't think it's a must-win for Denver. And I just don't feel like there's this sense of lost momentum for the Nuggets. They lost a game. I don't think they lost momentum. Momentum of this thing has been back and forth throughout the entire uh, game two. It was back and forth. Remember, Miami was up huge. Then Denver was up huge. And then Miami scraps their way back. But then Denver comes back up, and they're up eight going into the fourth quarter. Like uh, The way Han is prefacing that, saying they lost all momentum since the fourth quarter of game one, I would argue with that because I I think the the Nuggets had all the momentum in, in quarter two of game two, and they walked into the fourth quarter with an eight-point lead. Momentum is not going to be the thing that wins or loses this series. Hustle is, and And that's the variable. Let me say this really quick. If if Kyle Lowry doesn't out-hustle Jeff Green on a rebound and that ball gets kicked out for a three-pointer to Duncan Robinson, and also if, you know, the Denver Nuggets can get a rebound and Gabe Vincent doesn't get a second chance three-point look that goes in. This game could this could have ended up differently. I just think the Denver Nuggets got to be better on the defensive end and also the hustle plays. They can't get out hustled by Miami. Yeah, I'll say this loudly as we go into tonight. I think the Nuggets played poor basketball in game two. And I think you could make a laundry list of 10 things that they didn't do that they usually do. The Nuggets were not themselves and they played poorly. And it still came down to the last shot. So I got a hard time uh, ruling them out of anything moving forward. But how many times have we said the same thing about Miami? That's why the ultimate, the real analysis, y'all, like the real analysis here is who knows, but I can't wait to watch it. In the meantime, Miami's duo is three wins away from a championship. We're going to tell you next what duos can get in their way if they don't seal the deal this year. 
That's coming up. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason and Harry hot on. So hot. So hot. And what are they cool on? It's in or out. Are you in or out? On Fitz and Harry. It's in or out on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And in honor of the conversation that we started today's show with, which was really about the pressure on Jamal Murray, but also on what we expect from the dynamic duo known as Murray and Jokic, we've been talking a little bit about other duos in the NBA. And the question is, in or out, on these spectacular duos being able to win a championship moving forward? Again, I do not give a damn what you've done in the past. This is all about what you can do for me now and moving forward. Harry, feeling ready for this? Let's do this. By the way, is there any level like, uh, I'm just going to ask this philosophically. Jason Jackson, the Heat radio announcer, joined us earlier, talked about just patience and not going after the shiny object. Like, is there any element of this, like, we're about to go through all of these dynamic duos. Is there some concept that maybe dynamic duos isn't the right approach? Maybe just being patient and developing slowly through the draft? Okay, no, we know that's not going to happen. All right. Everyone isn't capable. Yeah, no, not everybody can be patient. It is a virtue. Uh, Dev, what team you want to give us first? The Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, Kawhi and Paul George. In or out that that Kawhi and PG can get it right to win a championship moving forward. What's unique about this duo is that they have the capability to be able to bring a championship to the Los Angeles Clippers. The one thing that's been holding them up is their injury history and not being available. We've seen a Kawhi Leonard step out on that basketball court against the, um, the Phoenix Suns. It was phenomenal. And we thought it was going to be the end of the Phoenix Suns. But an injury occurred and stopped the Los Angeles Clippers from advancing. And Paul George wasn't even there to join him. So I can see it happening, but I'm I'm going to say it's not going to happen because the injury factor plays a major role in it not happening when it comes to these two guys. Yeah, everything's about the injury to me. You're a thousand percent right. And this whole exercise is, you know, what what don't I trust to win a championship? With those two, it's not ability. It's simply availability. And there's no reason to believe that they'll be on the court enough to win a championship. So I am out on their ability. Not, not their ability, but their availability to win a championship for the Clippers. Dev, who we got next? The Golden State Warriors. This one's tough, Steph and Clay. But uh, now we've uh, we've got Steve Kerr out here reminding everybody that not everybody knows how to win a championship, and maybe the roster needs like. Remember, we're not considering the other people around them, so we're just saying Steph and Clay can they win a championship moving forward? Yeah, I think so. You talk about Steph Curry being the greatest shooter of all time. Clay Thompson isn't isn't far behind him. Uh, they change the game and the way the game is being played, but also the way you have to defend those guys. It, uh, particularly Steph Curry. As soon as he crosses half court, 
You have to make a decision if you're going to double team him and force him to get the basketball out of his hands. We see him win an NBA championship being phenomenal a season ago. Now, Klay Thompson didn't have the best showing in the playoffs this year, but I think moving forward, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. So I, I do believe that the Warriors will have an opportunity to get it done again. Yeah, I just can't bet against Steph. So I'm with you. I'm in on these two being able to get something done somehow. I mean, I think things would have to break really right for him. They're not at that spot anymore where they can just make it happen. Things would have to break really right for him. But I, I like this one. Who you got next for us, Steph? The Atlanta Hawks. Oh, please. I mean, what are we... Don't do that. Don't do that. Ah, was okay, that was I already that? had to get on Keyshawn's ass today. I'm going on first take, disrespecting the Falcons. Well, I mean, praising the Saints. Like, don't make me get you. I, I mean, I love both of y'all, but don't. I, I don't mind getting you either. I mean, look, I love the concept of Trey Young winning a championship on whatever team he ends up with. But I mean, Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. <laughs> All right, go ahead, go ahead, get around on these two being able to win a chip together. Okay, I'm out. Okay, <laughs> all that I just said, I'm out on this. I just don't, I just don't see it happening because number one, the conference that they're in is tough, and you have some superstars that are some dogs over there. So I, I don't, I don't think it'll be able to happen for those guys. Being two small guys, it's different when you're talking about Clay Thompson and Steph Curry because you know they alter the basketball game at another level. Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. Although they are phenomenal together beside uh, each other, I don't think they're on the level as Steph and Clay. So I'm gonna go no. I'm out on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm out on it. Uh, but it will be interesting. I think Trey Young is going to be one of the most interesting names of the offseason because certainly rumors Did constantly spread. Someone spray. say Lakers. Uh, well, or what? If, what if LeBron goes instead to the Heat, or sorry, to the Heat, to the Hawks, and then <sighs> Bronny goes to the Hawks, and then you have LeBron, Trey Young, and Dejounte Murray. I'm NBA just, championship. Uh, there we go. See, I'm just throwing out other options for you. Who you got for us next? The New Orleans Pelicans. See, okay, this one's interesting. This one's interesting because if you're telling me it's Zion and Brandon Ingram, my answer is no. If you're telling me it's Zion or CJ McCollum, my answer is no. But Harry, if you're telling me it's Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum, my answer could be yes there. I would trust oh. it. It's Zion I don't trust. I do not trust Zion Williamson to be healthy enough to win an NBA championship. I'm going wrong, 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 wrong. I do believe you on the Zion thing, but I don't believe that Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum can get it done either because you also got to look at the other duos that they would be going up against in the Western Conference. And I don't think those two guys would outlast other duos that they would have to go up against. So I'm going no. Yeah, you're you're pretty spot on about that. There's a bit of a size issue with that if that's the dynamic duo <laughs> that's taking on everybody else. Dev, you got time for one more? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, come on. Ooh. Like we really gonna put Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell in this conversation? Would actually, we be cute or would we be I actually serious? like what this team is going? Um I thought they took a step back, but I think I, I thought they had to get used to one, uh, playing with one another for an entire season. Now you're going into the offseason. Those guys are going to, you know, be able to iron out the kinks that they may have had this season. But I don't think they can get it done because the East is a beast. And you have to go through some hurdles to be able to get to that championship game. It's going to be hard for me to say that they're going to make a Eastern Conference final. So I'm going no. You know what Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell share in common with ice cream cake? 
Talk to me. I like them all, and none of them are winning an NBA championship. I'm just saying, like, uh, you can like them all day. It's a cute story. I like them. I like ice cream cake, too. That's about as close. They're both going to get equally close to the uh, to the NBA, to the Larry O'Brien trophy. In the meantime, I'm going to go eat some ice cream cake while I figure this out. Coming up, a Super Bowl champion will tell us if one take we heard today is real or ridiculous. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80.